there's this Mexican restaurant that's um next door to my to my job. And uh I really didn't feel like sitting in the office today. So I ended up, you know, walking over there for lunch and like I always do when I go to a Mexican a Mexican restaurant, I sit at the bar and it took everything in me to not order a drink. But I was a good person and I sat there, ate my food, and then walked back across the street and went back to work. But man, it is so difficult to go to a Mexican restaurant and not drink. Oh, absolutely. It it, it goes hand in hand. And speaking of Mexican food, have either of you ever been to San Diego? No. I I saw that you were there and I was extremely jealous of you getting to go to Petco Park. Wait, have you ever even been uh past the Mississippi? I yeah, have yeah, actually. You, you've been to Texas. Uh, and San Francisco. Oh, okay, okay. I'll yep. I was about to give you crap for that, yeah, but okay. A yeah. hole. Yeah, I've I've been to California. I'm a traveler. Come on now. Los Angeles. Yeah. That's 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 about as far as I've been. That Mexican food down in San Diego was uh Well, it's legit <laughs> because I mean you're 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 basically in Mexico <laughs> at the yeah, end of the eight, day. Eight, we were we were eight miles from the border. <laughs> wow, I, dude, I'm not gonna lie. I would have I, I would have gone to Mexico for for like maybe a couple hours. I didn't have my passport. Ah, okay, makes can you, sense. Can you not so, just drive past the border? Uh, no, you have to have a passport. <laughs> Do you really? I honestly, no, I mean, to, being completely honest, this is not I thought, the movies. <laughs> I thought if you were going to Mexico or Canada, you didn't have to get, have a passport. If you're if you're driving, I thought it was like only a plane thing. Th- th- this is not no, a man, this like, is not you, a Netflix series. Show. Obviously, I've never <laughs> been outside the country before. So this is the first. That's okay. This is good though, because I, I had a good buddy of mine. It lives out in Italy now, and uh, he told me I have to come see him. So. And I have another buddy that played for the Predators that lives in Canada that wants me to come out there. Well, aren't you just big shot over there? All your uh, cool friends living in Italy. And I have like one cool NHL. friend. Yeah, it's me. <laughs> so uh, tell us about that that Mexican food experience, Matt, because I Don't, personally love dude, Mexican food. Dude, screw the Mexican food experience. I want to hear about Petco Park. Come on now. Well, they actually you get so you can actually tie the two hand in hand. Like the coolest thing about Petco Park is there are literally a million food and beer vendors. Like you. Like you, at Truist, you've got like the little area for your your typical hot dogs, hamburgers, all that stuff. You've got the Chick Fil A. They used to have the Waffle House up in right field, like at the Xfinity Deck, and they had like a couple of places like that. But I, I'm I kid you not, everywhere that you turned at Petco Park, you had food of some different variety. I mean, they had like tri tip nachos, they had street tacos, they had nachos. They had multiple different pizza places. They had the regular ballpark food, hot dogs, hamburgers, all that stuff. Man, it was awesome. Um, of all the baseball stadiums that I've been to, which this was my ninth, it's it's up there. Uh, as far as like outside of the park, like the like what the battery is and all that with Truist, I would say that that gives the Braves a massive nod and obviously bias, but taking truest out of it, it's probably number one of stadiums that I've ever been to. Uh, It's kind of weird. Like you're literally in the middle of downtown San Diego, you're walking around and there's just all of a sudden, Oh yeah. Ballpark. Uh, The Western metal supply company thing that's in left field. The whole first floor of that is just a museum, like a Padres hall of fame in San Diego museum. So they had stuff in there for like Marshall Falk and other people who were like from San Diego or the area. They had all the Tony Gwynn stuff, the Trevor Hoffman stuff. That was pretty cool to see. Um, 
And then obviously it was a great game, Dodgers Padres. So it was uh it was it was about 50-50 split. Do, the LA to San Diego is 113 miles. So there were several Dodgers fans that made the two hour trip down. Uh, it was it was literally a 50-50 split in the stadium. You could kind of feel the tension there, but beautiful ballpark, beautiful area. The weather is amazing. So it's it, it was yesterday. I was told by the the locals yesterday was a hot day with a high of 82, um, and they said that that's it's year round like that. You know, it's the same weather. It was today when we left. The high was 77, the low was 68. Just perfect weather. Never rains there. Petco Park is beautiful. Um, we actually stayed over in Coronado, which is like an island off of San Diego, but. Echo Park was awesome. The Mexican food all over the place. There's a place called Miguel's uh, Casina that was legit. Um, I, I would love to go back, but damn, it's expensive. Six eighty nine for a gallon of gas. Whoa, six eighty nine for a gallon of gas. Yeah. So like, uh, we, whenever we got we, it was a really short trip. Um, we flew in Monday night. We were supposed to get there at like seven pacific time but our flight got delayed so we got in at 11 pacific time on monday we were there yesterday and then i literally just walked back in the door at like 7 24 on wednesday so it was a pretty much a one-day trip is what it turned into but got to see petco got to experience a lot of the things that san diego had to offer but whenever we first landed uber picks us up taking us to the hotel and we passed by the first gas station and it was 689. And I was like, you gotta be kidding me. Like, no freaking way. But really cool place. I would suggest anyone that is a baseball park uh connoisseur to go check it out. ATT I've heard is really nice. Wit, did you go there while you were in San Fran? Uh no, I did not actually. I was in I was in San Fran for a wedding and I was I wanna say fifteen at the time, so I couldn't drive um i really, really didn't yeah you know when you're fit well didn't, you know i had my learner's permit so i guess i could have driven <laughs> i know i know but the uh i didn't really have a say in what we were doing i god if i could go back i would have told my dad please for the love of god take me to a giants game because it was in the middle of the summer too and honestly the weather was awesome uh san francisco in general was actually really cool too um <laughs> besides all the homeless people homeless population was like really high in in san diego too but the guy I was talking to about it, who has lived in San Diego for 30 years, said it just increased recently, like since all the since COVID and the inflation and everything that's hit. And he said that everyone kind of figured out, like most of those homeless people are not from San Diego. They figure out, hey, the weather's really nice in San Diego. So if you're going to be homeless, be homeless in San Diego, where you're not going to get rained on every day and you're not going to freeze at night. So they literally just... It was like a tent city down an entire bridge going over. I was like, what the heck, man? Like, you're literally in, like, it's just this nice area, and then boom, like, tent city. It was crazy. Yeah, man. Well, uh, how long were you there for? Were you there throughout the weekend, too? No, I literally, it was literally a day. It was just. You went all the way to San Diego for a day. So, it was, the, the reason that I even went was because Anna Marie was going for work. And I'm on fall break. So it was all I had to do was pay for my plane ticket. 
And we were getting to stay in this like super nice hotel on Coronado Island. It's like built in 1888, like really nice five-star resort had like six restaurants on site. We're right there by the Navy SEALs training facility, like where the, the that base and everything where the Navy SEALs trained. So it was, that was pretty cool seeing Naval, Naval fighter plot uh, fighter jets coming in all day. It's like where they filmed a lot of Top Gun. So that was pretty cool. Um, it was ju- it was just a day for her work, and so I went out to the beach for the entire day. And like I said, we were supposed to land earlier on Monday, so I would have had like Monday night and all day Tuesday. But we landed so late on Tuesday on Monday night that it was just Tuesday, and then flew back today. So it was brutal, but a lot of fun. I would suggest it to anybody that wants to go somewhere in California, go ch- chase some uh, baseball f- fields. Petco Park is. Top notch, really cool spot, good views. Not really a bad seat in the house either. Yeah, I've heard that park is phenomenal. Pretty much every list has it in the top five. Um, and speaking of top five, let's talk about some college football, starting with, of course, the biggest upset of the weekend, Lando's Pride and Joy. It's not really a big upset. Oklahoma Sooners. Well, you know, top five team, right? Top six team. Top six team, number six team in the country. Not really a big upset. I'd, I mean, say, I'd call it a big upset. Not really. I mean, Kansas State's a good football team. and At home, right? Yeah, at home. Uh, I, l- listen. Kansas State's a good team. I'm not saying, like, y'all look way worse because you lost to a team like Kansas State, but so that's, like, that is a big upset. I feel this game could be classified as a big upset, say, if Kansas State came out there and beat us by, like, I don't know, 15, by, like, two scores. But the fact that, you know... Kansas State, what has a top 10 defense in the country, give or take. Defense is pretty solid, and they're a team that doesn't make mistakes. So if you come out there like Oklahoma did, and A, in the first half, barely score, you know, struggle just uh, to get first down, struggle on third down, making mistakes, you know, costly penalties, holding penalties, getting dropped back to, what, first and 15 or first and 20, those are drive killers. Kansas State's a team where you can't make mistakes. And like a lot of good teams, if you make too many mistakes, you'll get beat. So, you know, at the end of the day, uh, it's a growing pain loss. I could have been a lot more upset about the loss. But the fact that, you know, they were in the game. And even though there were a lot of mistakes, they had a chance to win that game at the end. And, you know, when you make mistakes like that, it. It's hard. It's hard to come back, especially when uh, the quarterback uh, Adrian Martinez is playing as well as he he did. So, it is what it is. Uh, bounce back. Play against TCU this weekend at eleven Central Time, and uh, hopefully uh, the defense can uh, continue to play pretty well. I thought the defense played pretty well, honestly. Uh, Could have been better. Too many first down, um, uh, big gains though. There was like a first. A first down run for what twenty one yards, big plays on first down. You you really got to control that because once you get ahead of the sticks, it's hard to stop a team from scoring. So there's a lot of things you can nitpick from, but hey, you know, first year under under Brent Venables, I'd say if if you were to tell me that we beat beat this good under his first year, I would be really happy, and I am. So could be worse. I went on a on a Matt rant. <laughs> Well, and I'll say this too, Lando. I kind of do agree with you. I mean, I watched that game from start to finish. Kansas State played really well. I don't think Oklahoma played bad at all. I mean, I think there are definitely things that they can work on. Um, But it doesn't feel like the Lincoln-Riley years where when you guys get beat by a team, it's because y'all weren't playing good. That's exactly what I... Y'all came out and just get completely ran over. 
And like you're looking at Oklahoma like, this is a top 10 team? Like, exactly. what is going on? And then you turn around the next week and then score 65 on a, on whoever. Um, but with Brent Venables, I mean, I mean, I definitely think um, I think the team, I, I honestly felt like coming to that game, especially on defense, they felt like they were on a higher level than Oklahoma was at this point. But I think it's good for the team, too. And it's the same thing you could say about Georgia against Kent State. You come into that game feeling like you're invincible, and then you get smashed in the mouth like that. And it sucks you lost the game, but Brent Venables can go back and go, all right, y'all thought y'all were playing great defense. Y'all were over here beating all these teams, only letting people score three and ten points, whatever. Look what happens when you play a team that can actually move the ball. And I will say, if so put Georgia in Oklahoma's shoes, what happens if Georgia had played Kansas State over the weekend who knows what would have happened? Perhaps yeah. Georgia would have lost. I mean, Georgia gave up 22 points to Kent State. Yeah, it was so, a rough outing for Georgia, you know, too. I, I, like, it, it can happen to a lot of teams when you come out there and you basically roll your helmet out there and you think you're better than this team and the team comes out there and kicks you to teeth. So it's, it's going to be a good learning experience early in the season, so we'll be okay. That seemed to be the theme of the weekend. A bunch of teams were rolling their helmet out there and they were just going to get a win. I mean – Kentucky struggled with Northern Illinois. Yep. Ole Miss didn't blow the doors off of Tulsa. That game was close late, closer than anyone. I I didn't really think it was going to be that close. Uh, Georgia struggled with Kent State, and then Alabama beat the doors off of Vandy, finally doing something that Alabama should do. Um, but theme of the weekend was a lot of struggle wins for a lot of good, really good teams, and that's what college football is all about right there, man. I want to – I kind of want to – talk about the uh i know this is a, this isn't on our list but the missouri and auburn game you want to talk about a game that was just like pull your hair out boring and and just full of horrible football that game was from start to finish was just bad and my my dad is a huge missouri fan and he he watched i, I kid you not maybe 15 seconds of a, of a missouri offensive drive and was like all right i've seen enough i'm gonna go ride my bike because he has a motorcycle so he he leaves for like three hours comes back and i'm like oh missouri's about to win the game he comes back out and the kicker has a has a kick for like what was like 15 yards yep and misses it yeah, less than 20 <laughs> yards it was like 15 yeah. yards and completely <laughs> shakes like it wasn't even close either it wasn't like he hit it off an upright he completely he missed, missed the uprights and, and i found it, it funny because because the announcers was like oh i haven't seen this kicker take any warm-up kicks for the entire day and he's, they're like yeah he doesn't really believe in taking warm-up kicks and i'm like mm. complete shank and then, <laughs> and then even worse did you watch overtime too i watched overtime and they so, literally had the touchdown to win the game yeah. the running back was walking into the end zone and then loses the ball and it falls out of the back of the end zone for a touchback they lose the game like t t t talk about a way to talk about a team that that just found a way to lose that game they had every opportunity both auburn and missouri had every opportunity to put that game away and it just came down to who was going to make the dumbest mistake at the end and it was missouri unfortunately auburn is a much worse football team than i thought that they were going to be coming into this year i thought that they were like that brian yeah i thought brian harson was going to put something together and make them look like a semblance of an sec team auburn is awful like missouri's not good and Auburn is equally as bad, probably worse, given the status of what Auburn is supposed to be. It's crazy, too, because, I mean, I knew Auburn was going to be bad. I did, was not high on Auburn whatsoever. Um, but I did not think they would be so bad to where they would barely beat Missouri. And I honestly think Missouri is the worst team in the, in the SEC this year, including Vanderbilt. 
I think Vanderbilt is better than Missouri. I know they got shellacked by Missouri's Alabama. two and two though. Who are they beating though? Abilene, Man. Abilene Christian and Fresno or not Fresno. Fresno's a good team. Uh, but still, like what I'm saying is once it gets to the SEC play, it's going to come down. Missouri's not going to win a single game. It's going to come down to Missouri and Vanderbilt for the toilet bowl of the SEC. And I think Vanderbilt will win that football game. Watching Vandy play the first couple of weeks. Does Missouri uh, play, play Vandy? Yeah, they're in the same division. Oh, uh, yeah, they're both in the east with Georgia. That's uh, it's weird because they're weird because as Missouri, far west as you could possibly get without being <laughs> Texas A&M is, is, is literally Arkansas. directly above Arkansas. Yep. <laughs> the only but, reason they did that was to keep the Iron Bowl intact as a every year, and so Alabama and Tennessee could play each year because they didn't want they didn't want to lose that. That was a big factor in that. Yep. Because they didn't want A&M and Missouri both coming in the West. Yep. And I'll say this. Uh, Georgia's next game this weekend is against Missouri. And uh, the weekend after that is against Auburn. And I don't feel I don't feel bad about either one of those games. I think Georgia could play exactly how they did against Kent State this weekend. We could roll the helmets out there. We could play the third strings. I think we'd still beat both those teams. I hope y'all lose Honestly, this I feel like Kent State would hold their own against either of those teams. Kent State's a good football team. Kent State, Kent, State is a well, Kent State is a well-coached football team. When I looked at their record after the game, I was a little pissed because I was like, that is a 1-2 and two football team that just scored 22 points on Georgia. But if you go look at their schedule, their losses were to Washington, who at by, by all accounts is a top 15 team, and Oklahoma, who was a top 6 team until Saturday night. We only gave up three points to so, Kent State. Correct. How many points did Georgia give up? 22. But we're undefeated still, so that helps. Oh, big whoop. <laughs> That game, the Oklahoma Kent State game, was like seven three at halftime. Yeah, seven three half because it's slow. Man, I could go all day long about Oklahoma. Man, slow starts. Like they, they really have to stop with these slow starts because it's starting to get on my nerves. But we'll 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 move on. Let's move on. I wanted to ask you a question about about the Georgia Kent State game because I think Kent State did something that Georgia really hasn't had to worry about. That I think another team that had a big game this past weekend. It really does really well, and that's they put a lot of tempo on offense. They had a lot of tempo on offense, and they kind of made Georgia try and keep up with that tempo, and it kind of wore that defense down, and they weren't able to sub any of those big bodies. And so you kind of saw that team like Tennessee, they started to establish some drives on Georgia that that could cause some problems for a Georgia defense. I'm not saying that Tennessee's going to beat Georgia or anything like that, but that's the kind of offense that you have to be able to run in order to compete and potentially beat a team like Georgia. Yeah, and I'll say too the um, that I think that's the biggest difference between Georgia's defense from last year and Georgia's defense for this year. The starters for Georgia's defense are absolutely elite, and every every phase of the game, I'd say the only player on Georgia's defense that might not be elite is Kamari Lasser at cornerback, and he's not that bad. He's done pretty well throughout the year. This game, he kind of struggled. But it's the depth behind them. And it's still five-star guys. I mean, it's, it's exactly the same as how Alabama's been the past couple of years. It's all good talent, but it's not a lot of guys that have gotten experience because Georgia's had to take the guys that didn't have experience coming into this year and put them at, and put them at the starting positions. Like Dumas Johnson, Smael Munden. Uh, you got, what's his name? Oh, God. Malachi uh, Starks back at safety. Lots of guys that have had no playing experience whatsoever with a couple other guys that were on the national championship team, like Jalen Carter, you know, Chris Smith, Nolan Smith, those guys. But the um, that's the difference, because if you tire those starters out, 
and Georgia's going to have to sub in and out the way that Kirby Smart likes to do, I think that's a good way to take advantage of Georgia's defense. So I agree with you there. But to me, I thought the best game of the entire weekend was that Texas A&M-Arkansas game. I, it was Arkansas blew it. They did blow it. They had the game-winning field goal, and they hit it off that top post. Uh, that was also the closest field goal I've ever seen in my life that did not go in, which was absolutely crazy. Um, but I thought that was a good game from start to finish. Arkansas had they had a little bit of a lead for a little bit. It looked like they uh, were going to go up twenty-one to zero, and then, of course, the uh, strip, the strip fumble, and then the handoff for that they took back for I believe they took it back for a touchdown, right? I think they did on that play. You know what I'm talking about? Right in the red zone. Uh, yes. Yeah, and that completely turned the tides. I mean, what was the inning score? Twenty-three to twenty-one. So that awesome game. I thought Max Johnson coming in really helped Texas A&M um, the way he kind of helped them last week against Miami, even though they didn't score that many points. Um, and honestly, I thought that was because Miami's defense was really good. But then turn around this weekend, they gave up, what, 41 points or 31 points to Middle Tennessee? So, Was uh, that in Middle Tennessee or was it um, in Miami? Yeah, no, it was a home game for Miami, which makes that even more embarrassing. Absolutely. Well, they can't even fill the stadium out. So, I mean... It, uh... It's just it's sad that they play in an NFL stadium, which the NFL team can't. Well, you know what? I'll you know what the Dolphins look really good, so I think the Dolphins, Dolphins look are, great. The Dolphins look great, so the Dolphins are going to end up selling that stadium out. But why Miami even plays at that stadium is just nonsense. Well, I don't think they will be for long. I actually heard that they have a they finally agreed on a spot and I think a price and whatever they had to do to build a stadium that's actually on campus, and that's going to be really cool for Miami fans. Huge. That's, the, that's, that's, that's huge. true. That's huge. It'll be huge because that's the reason people don't go to games because it's 30 minutes up the interstate from Coral Gables. I, I pass by it, and it's in the middle of nothing. The only things that are around Hard Rock Stadium is the Hard Rock Hotel and a bunch of other casinos and stuff like that um, that are like across the street. Tons and tons and tons of parking. Stadium's awesome. The thing is huge, but... There's nothing around it. There's no bars. Yeah, the casinos, but I mean, you, I, I guarantee you, you can't be an 18 or 19 year old kid and get into a casino. Yeah, you got to be 21 to, exactly. uh, to, get, to actually get on the. And you got to be able to gamble. Yeah, I mean, could, I mean, us at 18 or 19, we couldn't have gone to a casino and spent two grand after a football game. No, we wouldn't spend $3 on beer at Dingus McGee's or Blue Room. It only holds like 65,000 people, though. Yeah, because they when they when they remodeled it and they kind of canopied the you know the seats and they yeah. put those video boards in, it took like twenty or twenty five percent of the seats out, which is a great idea. But yeah. even still, Miami still can't fill that out. And it, it's no, it, it's it's sad. It's just I think that was part of the deal with Cristobal going there though was that they were going to get a stadium on campus that, that that he wanted to make sure that that was going to be in the works before he officially took the job there. So they'll, they're going to fix that. I don't even know what to think about Miami at this point because I thought that they looked really good against Texas A&M overall. I thought it was a well-played game between two really good teams, and Miami just did, wasn't able to do enough on offense. And then I watched Texas A&M this weekend again, and I still I don't know why. It's not that I think that they're bad. I just don't think that they're very – they're not like a great team. They're a, they're a good team. They're like a top 15 team, in my opinion, but – Texas A&M, like if you look at the offense, that side of the ball especially, 
Max Johnson hasn't done anything to lose them games, but he hasn't done anything to win them any games. Like, like he's used his legs enough, but he's not able to do anything special on offense that they're going to need in some of these tighter SEC games whenever because the, the SEC schedule is about to get rolling in two weeks. It's Alabama's gonna they're gonna be going to Alabama. And I, I think that that'll be an interesting game. But but because of AM's defense, I think AM's defense is good enough to keep games close, but they're gonna need more productivity from the quarterback position in order to like win most of them. I still say that they don't win nine games. Absolutely. Like, you don't think so at this point? There, there's no way. They're, After being Miami and Arkansas? Who was left on their schedule? Who's left on their schedule? LSU. They play Mississippi State this weekend. Okay. That's they play game. Alabama, so that's going to be loss. a loss. They play Florida. Loss. Oh, I don't think they're going to lose to Florida. Fl- they're they're going to lose to Florida. That's a loss. I don't think Florida's offense is good enough to score on Texas A&M. <laughs> Texas A&M's offense ain't no good either, so it's going to be a low-scoring game. No, but be, I trust be... A&M's defense more than I do Florida's defense. Fair Florida's enough. defense is fine. I'm not saying they're that bad. Granted, else, they who gave else up... is on there? Who else is on there? What, the other games? Yeah, the other games. Tennessee, Florida. I mean, since we're talking about Florida anyway, to me, Tennessee looked awesome. I was talking about the A&M schedule. Oh, all right. But, oh, they got the Ole Miss, but that game's in... Uh, at in Mississippi Kyle State. Field. Here, Here's the rest of the schedule. They played three games, three away games in a row. They got at Mississippi State, at Alabama, at South Carolina. I think they lose to Alabama. They get Ole Miss at home. Loss. They get Florida at home. Loss. They get they go to Auburn. They Win. play UMass, and then they play LSU at home. They have to lose two more games. They have to lose three more games this season to not go nine. Arkansas take. really screwed me, man. Arkansas <laughs> really screwed me. I got the screenshot saved, too, so you can't get out of it. I, 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 we shook hands. So I mean, we I'm, did shake I'm, hands. I'm gonna, I'm gonna pay. We shook, we shook hands over, over group me. But you know, no, we shook hands when, when I was over here. Uh, oh, we did shake hands in person. Change. You're right. But I mean, you're gonna end up paying me my ten dollars because they're not gonna win nine games. Let's move on. Either way, Tennessee, Florida, that was a good game too. I uh, that at first, at first, I did not think that was gonna be a good game. I thought it was gonna be a really? complete blowout. No, just because you know, Florida. I mean, Florida struggled with South Florida a week before. They really didn't look that good to me against Kentucky. Um, I thought Florida's defense looks good. I think the run game is actually pretty good too. But Anthony Richardson, man, he just has not been the guy this year. Uh, until this game, he looked pretty good against uh, Tennessee. Um, but honestly, to me, I don't know if that's because Anthony Richardson decided to actually show up or if Tennessee's defense is just that bad. Because Hypel's offense, I think, makes Tennessee look a lot better than they really should be and brings out a lot of talent, especially in the skill positions. And to me, Tennessee's offense, I think Tennessee has the best offense in the country besides uh, Ohio State and I think Oklahoma. I think Tennessee yeah, and Oklahoma our are is okay. Our offense, yeah, is, offense okay. is pretty solid. It's okay. It's, it, it, it could um, be better. It's a Levy. Levy's offense is pretty good. USC, oh, and USC. I, I, I think USC. USC is probably number two. I would say USC, yeah. Um, and then I'd probably have Tennessee at three and then probably Oklahoma as my top four offenses. And then USC Georgia Southern. struggled this past weekend in, in Dude, Corvallis too. They, it, they won what seven to three? Um, seven to, no ten to seven, I think, or thirteen ten, something like that. Seventeen thirteen, I think. I'll look it up. Either way, it was not a crazy good showing for um, USC's offense. But I will say, I mean, Oregon State doesn't have a bad offense, and USC held them to. They won. 
Sorry, I had to cut you off. No, they won good. 17 to 14. 14. And you see that so so that's the kind of stuff with Lincoln Riley that I'm talking about. You have this potent this supposed to be potent offense, okay? And you only score 17 points. You know, yeah. and 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 that's a that's an off game. You know what I mean? So Oklahoma had an off game over the weekend but still scored what 35 points. Yep. So, you know, I think USC is going to be fine, though. They're, they'll, they'll be okay. I think the fact that they showed that they could hold a team to 14 points. Defense looks a pretty, pretty A pretty good. good team, too. Yeah, that's yeah. way at least. I mean, I wouldn't say they're probably going to be a top 10 defense or anything, but they look better than me and yeah, us three were talking about before the season. I mean, we thought USC's defense would be. I didn't watch any other season, game, though. but I heard that they won because of their defense. Like, their their defense was was what kept them in the game, and then – they were able to get a good play from Caleb Williams at the end to win the game. So, so I w- I watched the entire second half. I would never have found that game. Who like the Pac-12 yeah, network? Yeah, I was going to say, how the heck did you watch that game? Because I was trying YouTube streams. I was trying to get on. Uh, what's it called? Trying to find that little search have, thing. I was I have, I, Xfinity, have Xfinity with the sports package, and it has Pac-12 network, but. The only reason I found it was because I literally have the voice find whatever. So I was like, Pac-12 Network. And otherwise, I never would have even known <laughs> that it existed. I forget that that channel exists. But I, I watched the whole second half, and I want to say USC ended up finishing with like four turnovers in that game, and they ended the game on a, on a pick. And their defense did look good. And I think that that was the, the – like I was watching it and just surprised because if – if originally I was looking at USC like a lot of those Oklahoma teams from the past five years, and like, all right, this is what they're going to be. They're going to have a high octane offense, but they're going to give up 35, 40 points to whoever they play, and it's going to come down to an offensive shootout. But USC's defense did play really well. Now, how much of that is indicative of Oregon State not being able to put together a good offense? That's yet to be seen, but USC did not look – they looked like they were a lot more athletic and a lot quicker, especially in the secondary, than I expected them to at this point. Man, I wish I wish USC would play like an actual – an actually good team, though. I just want to see what they look like versus – Decent competition. I mean, Oregon State's Oregon State is decent competition, but you know, like a, a really good football team. You know, I want to see what they look like. Maybe, maybe Oregon can. I don't know. Oregon's not even that good. Who, who's on USC's uh, schedule? Well, this week they have Arizona State. That should be a beatdown. They That's just fired her. They fired from there. They haven't looked good at all. Yeah. Washington State's looked like a good football team. They play them at home in two weeks, and then they go to Utah in three weeks. That's gonna be a good game. That's gonna be a really fun game. Uh, besides that, the only other they play UCLA. They go to UCLA. That'll be a tough game. No, <laughs> UCLA's pretty good. No, <laughs> UCLA is horrible. They're four zero. Have you seen their their their, their attendance at, at the game at the game? Yeah, it doesn't it's mean that the, the team's bad. I mean, well, they did get they almost lost to South Alabama. So yeah, come on, U- UCLA is not good. Yeah, they they might not be good. I don't know. They play Washington Friday, so that'll be a uh, good. Uh, what time does that game start? Eleven thirty. I think it's seven thirty actually. At night. Yeah. Wow, that's normal, early. Normal game. For, that, that's early for a Pac-12 game. I think people they actually want people to watch this one. It's on Friday, though. I mean, exactly. There's nothing else to watch. Nothing else to watch on Friday. Exactly. Those West Coast folks don't care about college football at all. 
at yeah. all. I mean, you got you got surfing over there. I, I lied. Oh, it's ten thirty. It's ten thirty. Yeah. See, I was about to say that game is probably at ten thirty. Come on. I was gonna say I was like seven thirty is an odd time for a UCLA Washington game. Oh, that's hilarious. I uh, don't need to talk about Ohio State. Ohio State won this weekend. They look really good. Uh, oh, I mean, you talk about Clemson. That was a good game. I I really wanted Wake Forest. I I picked Wake Forest to win that game, and it just came down to well, if you were picking with the spread, you had it, and we, we pick against the spread on the show, Lando. So you got that game. Okay, well, I, I still wanted them to win. Yeah, regardless. I I did too, and. I didn't get to watch any of the game um, because it was a noon game, and I was at the Georgia game, so I couldn't watch any of the game. I was I was barbecuing still, but the um, I was pretty shocked. Number one, number one, I was shocked the Wake Forest kept it as close as they did. Number two, I was shocked Clemson could score fifty one points with DJU at quarterback. I I didn't think that was possible. Dude threw for like four hundred something yards, didn't he? I mean, he he went crazy. I was I was pretty surprised by that. I knew once that game went overtime, Clemson was going to win. Just yeah. how it works. I don't think Wake Forest defense is very good. Oh no, they're terrible. They're absolutely. Which terrible. is why DJ was able to throw for 370 yards. But either way, I mean, DJ last year, even against the bad teams, looked bad. Even against, like, even against Wake Forest. I mean, he. I think he had his best game of the season last year against Wake Forest too. Um, but they got him at home. Number one, and number two, he still didn't look like a. You know, Heisman contender type guy. I didn't have, I will be completely honest with you. I didn't get to watch any of the game. I have not had time to go back and watch the replay. So I don't know how he looked on the field, but stat wise, the dude looks like a Heisman contender right there. I'm not saying the whole season has been that way. I'm not saying he's going to compete for the Heisman because he probably shouldn't. Uh, But I mean, if they can get something going on offense, Clemson's got the defense to be pretty good. I mean, I know they gave up 48 points to Wake Forest, but. Obviously, Wake Forest has a pretty good offense, especially with Sam Hartman back at quarterback. So, I mean, who the hell knows what's going to happen with Clemson? It 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 could happen with them. A lot of people still think they're going to make the playoff. I I think they're going to trip up at least once down the line, probably twice. Um, but who knows, man? ACC is anybody's right now. Clemson's that type of team, though, that they can do this all year long, and then somehow still make the playoff and beat a really good team. Yep. And then, like, like they're just. That's been like the epitome of the Dabo Sweeney era at at Clemson is they will win a lot of really close games against bad teams and then beat a really 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 good team and then they'll lose or lose a game uh, especially noon kickoff like those have always been a, a thorn in the side and then the Friday night kickoff like when they played Syracuse like that was always the it was a weird game like that that would always be the thorn in the side of a of a of a Clemson team, and so a win's a win for them. Uh, good for them for coming out of this. This weekend is going to be a tough test for them against NC State. That'll be an interesting game, game day game. All right, let's go ahead and jump into our pour one out, cut them off segment. Matt, do you have a pour one out this week? I've been trying to think of one this entire time, honestly. All right, well I'll do my pour one out. I'm going to pour one out for. Uh... Hurricane Ian for moving more far east uh, than it was expected to uh, over the past couple of uh, several hours or a day or two, because what that means is there will be racing on Sunday and I'm going to the Talladega race this Sunday. Oof. And I did not want the race to get rained out like it did last year. So, uh, yeah, thank you, Hurricane Ian, for uh, going a little farther east for me because I get to go drink Bush Light. 
and watch Kevin Harvick drive his really cool paint scheme. So uh, every fall, Kevin Harvick always has the uh, camouflage uh, bush light can paint scheme uh, for his car, and he's doing it again uh, this year. So hopefully he can win. So yeah, that's what I'm pouring out for, and I don't have a cut one off this week, so I'm going to throw it to Matt. All right, so I am going to pour one out. I'm going to pour one out for San Diego, and I'm also going to cut off San Diego. Uh, pour one out for San Diego because the weather is awesome. Uh, the, the food was great. Echo Park is incredible. I just, it, the, the whole, the, I, I thoroughly enjoyed San Diego. I'm cutting off San Diego, though, because one, it's too expensive. And two, there's not a really large sports backing there. Like, Echo Park should have been, last night, filled with Padres fans. You're in the heat of a playoff run. You're playing against a rival Dodgers team that is blowing the doors off of everybody. And the best you could do is 20,000 and half of those being Dodgers fans. And then there was me, of course, who I was there and I bought a Padres hat, but wore a Braves shirt because that's what, that's what it's all about. Like I'm, I'm rocking the Braves out there and had people making some comments about it. They were like, Oh, you've been, but you know, come on, you, you are in the middle of a playoff run. Fighting for your lives for a wild card spot with a really good team, a lot of very talented team, I should say. Uh, you've got Soto and Josh Bell. They picked up at the deadline. They picked up Hader at the deadline. They have Machado still. Uh, they've got guys that have overperformed, like Jake Cronenworth. Like you've got a really good base there. Fans non-existent, and that's why the Chargers left. And that's a shame. The Chargers never should have left San Diego because I would have absolutely been up to go to a Chargers game in San Diego. So I'm pouring one out for San Diego. I'm also cutting off San Diego with. Nice, Matt. The, uh, so I'm actually going to pour one out for our boy, Georgia Southern quarterback, Kyle Van Treese. Because when I was looking over some stats for today's show, I noticed that he is seventh overall in the entire country in passing yards. How crazy is that to think about a Georgia Southern quarterback after Shy Wirtz, after Kevin Ellison, after Fabian Upshaw, all those guys, super, super talented guys, uh, great option quarterbacks. The first year Georgia Southern does not have an option offense, and we actually throw the ball, which really honestly has turned into more of an air raid than anything. Kyle Van Treese, top 10 overall in passing offense. Really cool to see Georgia Southern have a good offense again, even if it's not the triple option. Um, he has three of his four games going over 300 yards, um, which is phenomenal. And uh, I hope the Eagles continue on the path that they're on right now. And uh, I hope we beat App State because even if we lose every single game this year, if we beat App State, then it will be a successful Georgia Southern football season. Um, and either way, I am cutting off Hurricanes. And not just... Uh, the Miami Hurricanes, but also Hurricane Ian, because uh, even though it is starting to move further east and getting away from giving us too much rain, I'm very worried that we will get some bad weather this weekend still. Um, looking at the forecast, looks like it's a lot better than it was when I first put that as my cut it off, but um, I got a big golf tournament this weekend. It's uh, When I say big, I mean we're playing for a little bit of money, so it's not that big, but um, should be a good time. We're playing 27 holes Friday, 27 holes Saturday, 
and 18 holes Sunday, and I just found out today that I am playing in a charity tournament tomorrow. Uh, so I got another 18 holes at Cobblestone. So I uh, I got a lot of golf to look forward to for the next uh, three days. So I hope the weather stays good. Hurricane Ian, you can just go ahead and turn yourself around. Well, guys, we have no locks this week. Uh, these games are just a little too close for comfort. So we're going to go ahead and jump into it with the Georgia Southern game. We pick this one every week. Uh, Georgia Southern heading into Myrtle Beach to take on Coastal Carolina. The Chanticleers. Uh, Coastal Carolina is a 10-point favorite. Matt, who you got in this one? No, I think Georgia Southern is still finding their identity. I know that they are a passing offense, obviously. Kyle Van Trees is leading in passing yards, but uh, he's he's turned the ball over a good bit, too. Uh, I think he's thrown six picks this year, and you can't do that against teams that are really well coached, like Coastal Carolina. Jamie Chadwell, a name that's going to be coming up for a lot of Bigger Power Five jobs this upcoming uh, silly season for for uh, head coaches, and it's in in Conway. So, look, I'm gonna go. Uh, Georgia Southern is gonna keep it close, keep it interesting, but I just think that Coastal is gonna be a little too much, and uh, I think Southern loses get loses game by three. Yeah, I totally Land disagree. Uh, Georgia Southern is going to win by 14. I got Georgia Southern playing good offense. I don't feel good about Georgia Southern in this game. Coastal Carolina is really good. Um, they also have that quarterback, Grayson uh, McCall. Grayson McCall, another really, really solid player in the Sun Belt. But guess what? Grayson McCall is not top 10 in passing yards this year. Kyle Van Trees is. And uh, Coastal Carolina... Their defense, you know, it's okay. I think 10 points is a lot. I'm going to take Georgia Southern to cover with the points. I think Coastal Carolina probably ends up winning the football game, but I think it's a lot closer than the experts think. Um, I don't think people are giving Georgia Southern's run game enough credit. Um, Georgia Southern's defense has been pretty eh so far, so I could see McCall taking advantage of it, but I think this feels like a good game for the Eagles to go ahead and step up and play some good defense, so. Eagles with the points is what I'm picking. And uh, moving into our next game, we have the now number 18 Oklahoma Sooners. I think that's crazy that they that they puttered us all the way to 18. I like thought that. that was a little far, too. At, at like, if if that was an SEC school, they, they probably would have put them at 12. But, you know, I digest. It, it is an SEC school. No, not right now. It's a Big 12 school. <laughs> but either way, I mean, yeah, if you're going to rank Kansas State at 25, like 18 is just ridiculous. Dropping, dropping a team 12 spots is a little much. I kind of agree with that. I was going to say, Arkansas dropped 11 spots. They lost to a ranked A&M. Not an unranked Kansas State at home. Either way, Oklahoma taking on TCU, the Horny Frogs, in Fort Worth. Got to go to that stadium on my road trip. Uh, pretty, pretty cool place. The... Um, campus is awesome. Fort Worth is awesome. Uh, stadium's going to be rocking in a horny frog kind of way. Uh, TCU is a six, or I'm sorry, Oklahoma is a six and a half point favorite in that game. Matt, who you got? I'm taking Oklahoma in this one, and I think they cover it as well. Uh, I mean, I know TCU is a tough environment to play in. A lot of times in the Big 12, you see teams go to Fort Worth and struggle. Um, but I think this is what Brent Venables needed was to 
to have something to go to the drawing board and and revamp Jeff Levy and that offense are still going to score a lot of points. And I don't think they're going to slow down this week against TCU. Give me Oklahoma by 14. I think they win by two touchdowns. Oklahoma, shocker. (laughs) Oklahoma's going to smoke them. I think coming into this game, Oklahoma's going to come in super pissed off. Uh, I think Dylan Gabriel throws for maybe 7,000 yards in this game. Um, It's going to be pretty close, so... Uh, I got Oklahoma. I think they cover it easily. I think they win by at least 28 points. I think it's that bad. And I actually think TCU is a lot better football team than they were last year. Um, so I think it's just testament to Oklahoma. They come in and play a better game. Uh, moving on to the game that I believe a lot of my good friends will be at this weekend. Number seven, Kentucky at the Grove. Number 14, Ole Miss. Ole Miss is a six and a half point favorite hosting a top ten team. Matt, who you got? I'm one of those good friends that will be at this game. Um, we're leaving on Friday morning, going to Ole Miss for homecoming. Nathan will be there. The whole fam's going, so it'll be a a big weekend in Oxford, Mississippi. It's kind of a shame it, that it's Chad still going the, too. Uh, what's up? Is Chad still going too? I don't believe he is. I don't. He's not. I think he's officially out. Um, whole fam's going. Uh, I think it's kind of a shame that this game is the 11 a.m. kick. Uh, I think this is a, a really good game between two really good teams. I feel like this should have gotten a little more love as a uh, as a night kick if they weren't going to make it to 2.30 or Central Time. Uh, so the 3.30 game on CBS, uh, obviously uh, CBS was banking on Arkansas winning that A&M game when they picked – that over the Ole Miss-Kentucky game when they decided those time slots. But uh, nonetheless, I really like Ole Miss in this game, and here's why. I think that Jackson Dart has struggled enough, but also done – he's shown growth and progression throughout the year in Lane Kiffin's offense. And that rushing attack, my God, with Zach Evans and Quinshawn Judkins and then Dart as a runner as well – uh, they've got three guys that have rushed for over 100 yards in multiple games this year. They're going to need that against Kentucky. I think this is going to be a close game, and Kentucky is going to be a very formidable opponent because Ole Miss really hasn't played anybody yet. But I just feel like them struggling with Tulsa is what Lane Kiffin needed to have these guys prepared going into to SEC play. So I'm going Rebs by four. And oh. I totally got lost in your synopsis, so I'm going to go with Kentucky. See, I'm back and forth. I think the spread's pretty tall uh, for an Ole Miss team that I think Ole Miss is good, but I don't really think they're Ole Miss from last year good. Like, I think Ole Miss last year. Now, I'm the defense might be a little bit better than it was last year. I mean, they look okay. I mean, but... uh I don't know. I mean, the offense looks, you know, a little bit slower. They're still good. I mean, it's Lane Kiffin's offense. Jackson Dart's a great player. Um, the run game looks good. Zach Evans looks great. Um, I I think I'm going to take Kentucky with the points, but I think Ole Miss will win the game. I think it'll be Ole Miss by three. I'm pretty sure what, that's what Matt said, too. Uh, but I'm going to roll with that. I think it's a super close game. Um, electric at- atmosphere in the Grove. We got to go there last year and see them play Texas A&M. Uh, with bad actually and uh, we had a great time and I think this week uh, this week it'll be a good time as well so 
Hope the kissers have a good time. I hope uh, our boy Matty Howe has a good time, and I hope the Rebs win. Moving on to our next game, we have number two, Alabama, heading into Fayetteville, Arkansas, taking on the number 20-ranked Arkansas Razorbacks after dropping that game to uh, Texas A&M in Jerry World. Arkansas, or I'm sorry, a, or Alabama is a 17 and a half point favorite in that game. Uh, Matt, who you got? I think 17 and a half is a lot of points to give uh, against a really good Arkansas team. Obviously, Alabama did what we were supposed to do last week against Vandy, which is uh, an improved Vandy, but still Vandy nonetheless. Uh, it was it was just a it was a, a finally. Alabama win that felt like, all right, joyless murder ball is back. Uh, but Arkansas is a really good team. I'm going to take Alabama to win this, but I think it's like a 10-point game. I, I could see this being turning into a little bit of a shootout like it was last year where if somebody who if, if we're if Alabama is able to get up two possessions and then they're going to start, it's just going to turn into a score fest. Uh, I could see that happening again this year. So give me the tide. I think uh, I like our shot chances of going into Fayetteville, but uh, would not be surprised if uh, I wouldn't call it an upset if Arkansas won. Uh, it would be it, it's tough atmosphere, and Alabama has recently struggled playing on the road. But I like I like our chances here. Uh, Saban says we're we're getting close to being Alabama. And oh, I'm going to go with Alabama. Uh, I don't think Arkansas has enough offense. Yeah, I think Alabama wins the football game for sure. Um, Arkansas has shown me through the first couple of weeks they don't really have the defense to slow down some of the better offenses. Like AM, AM's offense has not looked great this year. To me, they it kind of reminds me a lot of the 2019 Georgia team where the defense is really strong, offense is solid, good players on the offense, but they're not going to blow you out. They're not going to score o- over 28 points a game, 30 points a game, whatever. Um, and Arkansas led up 23 to them. So that's, you know, that's a little bit telling for the way they're playing. Uh, I think this is a higher scoring game because I actually do think Arkansas has got the run game to give Alabama some issues. Um, and then having KJ Jefferson who can run the ball, um, and improvise and he's, he's got a pretty solid arm too. And I actually like that receiving core for him. So, uh, I think Arkansas scores enough to keep it within 17. So I'm going to take Arkansas with the points, but I think Alabama wins. I think it's by around 10. I'm going to say Alabama by 10 at the end of the game. And uh, that brings us to our next game. We got the Big 12 championship rematch. Uh, We have number nine, Oklahoma State, heading into Waco, Texas, to take on the number 16, Baylor Bears. Baylor is a two-and-a-half-point favorite in the rematch. Matt, who you got? This is another game that I feel like is getting overshadowed in that time slot just because of uh, because of the way that it all works out. But this, is a, this, this should be a really good game. Uh, Baylor has regressed more this year than I kind of expected them to. They haven't looked nearly as good as they did at the end of last year. Uh, Dave Aranda is still a really good coach, and I still think that they're – that they're going to be just fine. Um, But I think that Oklahoma state is going to come into Waco and, and get a win. Waco is going to be rocking. Do not, do not uh, dismiss the Baylor bears. I think that they're going to be, they're going to come out ready and prepared. 
a lower scoring game, but I do like, I think the over under is like 56 and a half. I, I, I think I would probably say that that's, it's going to sit somewhere around. I, I think it's going to fall somewhere around that maybe a little under. So, um, I'm going to go Oklahoma state to, to win this game though. And, and, uh, in, in Waco, Lando. I got the cowpokes by, I'll say, 10 points, Oklahoma State. See, I think Baylor wins this game, and I think they win it pretty big. Uh, I've watched Oklahoma State a couple times this year. I think their defense has taken a pretty significant step back without Jim Knowles back there calling plays. So um, I think they lose. I think Baylor loses by – or I'm sorry, I think Baylor wins by – more than two touchdowns in this game. Um, and I think they come out, they they fire off early. Uh, they take a pretty significant lead early on. Um, and then Oklahoma State brings it back towards the end. But uh, not enough to cover, not enough to uh, win the game. So I'm going to say Baylor by 17 at the end of the game. And uh, moving on to the college game day game of the week. And our game of the week, the number 10 NC State Wolfpack heading into... Clemson, South Carolina, take on the Clemson Tigers, ranked number five after the win against Wake Forest. Clemson is a six and a half point favorite. Matt, who you got? I haven't watched a lot of NC State, but when I have watched them, I don't really feel like I see what other people are seeing in NC State. Their defense has played really, really well. Uh, they held Texas Tech to like 14 points. They the defense is what saved them from losing that opening game to ECU. Uh, so NC State's really tough for me to get a read on. And then Clemson hasn't been really easy for me to get a read on either. I don't feel like they've played overly well against the inferior opponents that they've played. And then last week they had the shootout against Wake Forest, which Wake Forest is a top 25 team. So I don't want to you know, take anything away from, from Wake. But I think Clemson wins this game pretty Pretty handily in like a dominating fashion, but in a low scoring manner. I don't think that NC State's going to score a whole lot, and I don't think Clemson's going to score a whole lot. This could be the the Cade Klubnik the Cade Klubnik game. I'm waiting for it to happen. Uh, but DJ has played well statistically this year. I just think if Clemson's offense isn't able to get into a flow at some point, Dabo is going to have to make the change and go to a guy that I think could really take Clemson to a playoff caliber team but i think that clemson wins this game like 13 7 or i'm gonna say 17 10 i'm gonna go clemson 17 10 seven point win cover the spread very low scoring game clemson will find a way to win because they always do just like they did last week so i'm gonna go with clemson might be an overtime game see honestly I watching that first game for nc state against east carolina i thought nc state would get blown out in this game with clemson uh, but the more I've watched them throughout the season, uh, of course, they played Utah. They played South Charleston or something like that. Beat the crap out of both of them. Um, the other game was Texas Tech, who Texas Tech proved this weekend they're not a bad football team. They beat Texas. Um, and NC State beat them, uh, I believe, by 13. So I think NC State's a good football team. I think that offense is taking stride at the right point. Uh, defense is pretty strong. I think uh, NC State has the best chance to beat Clemson out of every team they play for the rest of the season. But 
how many times has NC State beaten Clemson two week, two years straight? Uh, probably zero, at least since like the early on days. I mean, with Davos Sweeney there, I don't even know if NC State's beaten them more than twice at all. So I'm going to say Clemson wins this game. I do think NC State keeps it close. I'm going to say NC State covers that six and a half point spread. I'm going to go Clemson by three. I think it looks just like that Arkansas A&M game we watched this past weekend. It's going to be a 21 to 23 or a 23 to 25 or 28 or something weird like that. Um, definitely, I think it's for sure both teams stay below 30. I don't see a team getting above 30. Um, but either way, I got I got Clemson winning, NC State covering. Well, that's our show. Thank you guys for listening. As always, we appreciate it. Before you guys log off today, please don't forget to drop us a five-star review on Spotify and Apple Podcasts. Give us a follow on our Instagram and TikTok at Around the Keg and on Twitter at Around the Keg Pod. If you'd like to help support future episodes, please click the support link in the description of today's episode or check out our merch at AroundTheKeg.com. Send us any questions or topics you want us to discuss on the show and we'll be happy to include as much as we can. Have a great week. See y'all.